The information discussed on this show is not intended or implied to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. All content is for general informational purposes only. It's Guy's Guy Radio. Here's your host, Robert Manny. Welcome to Guys Guys Radio. This is your host, Robert Manny, welcoming you to the show where men and women can be at their best and everyone wins Guys Guys Radio. We're here to inform you, inspire you, empower you, and get you to think and feel and who knows, maybe even act by virtue of the journeys, stories, experiences, and insights of the guests I bring you each and every week to the show. And today's podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast, providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at P-O-D-G-O dot C-O. And be sure to add our podcast, Guys Guys Radio, in the How Did You Hear About Podgo section of the application. All right, we've got a great show for you today. We've got the multi-talented Julie Ryans with us today. She's a national syndicated radio host. She's got a call-in show. People call up with their medical issues or if they want to learn about what's going on with their pets and also to be able to tap into what's happened with some of their deceased relatives or friends and family. She's an amazing person. She's a psychic and medical intuitive. She's an inventor, entrepreneur, author, and she learned how to develop those skills. And I think that's one of the really cool things about Julie is besides being very talented and a great person, and she worked on me, as you'll hear in our pre-recorded interview, and I'm very supportive of the work she did with me to help me heal myself. But also, she learned how to do this stuff. And it's like not like she got hit by a train and then all of a sudden she had these abilities. She studied year after year and studied with some very smart people at some very good places. And the point being that we all have these abilities buried inside us somewhere and it's up to us to decide if we want to bring them out. And the way you bring them out, like anything else, you got to study. It's like the old saying, hey, how do I get to Carnegie Hall? Practice, practice, practice. And Julie did the work. And here she is, and now she's a national syndicated radio host. I'm going to be on her show on Thursday. More about that later. But I think you're really going to enjoy our conversation because we're really going to get into a lot of different areas about health and about near-death experiences and about people who pass over and what happens and transitions and, and health. And she's going to do a demonstration on me, so I think you're really going to enjoy it. So what else is happening out there? We're out here in Southern California, we're charging into summer. Things are opening up. It's fantastic. As a lifelong New York and New Jersey person, even though I went to school at Villanova University outside of Philadelphia, I spent most of my life in the New York metro area and made the big move. My wife convinced me to just sell everything and let's go west. And we did. And, you know, we had the last year and a half, it's been COVID. So we really haven't had the real taste of uh, the Southern California lifestyle yet. But I got to tell you, I'd rather be out here than back in Manhattan dealing with a pandemic because New York has a lot of issues. I've mentioned on the show many times with the infrastructure. They don't have the money and you really need money to fix cities. Uh, And they're doing a lot of great things. I think Bloomberg, when he was mayor, he did a wonderful job working on the waterfront and all those areas 
around Manhattan. And, and Manhattan, I, 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 know, I know the city now even better after moving because I realize all the wonderful things that are in Manhattan and they're in the five boroughs of New York. It's just a wonderful, wonderful place. But at a certain point for me, I had kind of finished my ad career there and I said, I want to build my new career and it's, I think it'll be better to be out here to do that. And you know what? It has been. So I'm very glad I made the move, but I always love New York. However, that said, I'm disturbed by some of the things I keep reading about crime in the city and just people doing crazy things to each other. I know it's always happened in the past, but it seems like more than ever. And now I'm reading that uh, Washington Square Park, the beautiful park that was, you know, was a dump back in the 70s and then it got cleaned up. And I remember taking my son there and my wife and there'd be somebody playing the violin and people would be frolicking in the fountain and people playing chess. And it was just serene and beautiful and just a great place. And now I see there's graffiti on the big arch there and apparently people are concerned about going in there at night and there's a lot of crime and just sad. And as I said, I think New York is going to take longer than for most places for it to bounce back because of the, just the logistics. So many people and people stacked up on, on top of one another there and then the ripple effect of a lot of businesses going under and then the ancillary businesses around there. So if you have a business in a skyscraper and it goes... It's been uh, quiet there. There's no workers there. And then you have the luncheonette and that place where you get your shoes shined or other places where you do some shopping at lunchtime and maybe a gym nearby. All that stuff has suffered. And it's, it's going to take a while to bring that back because there's going to be more and more people working remotely. Anyhow, New York always comes back. It's just going to take a little more time. So I say, God bless New York. I'll always love it. And I'm going to go back in August, but I think they're still going through a tough time there. So my heart goes out to them. And I'm glad I'm here. And I know people, a lot of people here have left. And a lot of people here complain about the cost of living and the taxes and all that. And yeah, it's true. But you know what? It's a pretty cool place to live. So I'm, I'm loving it. Guys, Guys Radio, let's get right to our interview with the one and only Julie Ryan. It's Guys Guy Radio. Okay, our interview portion of Guys Guys Radio, and I'm delighted to have Julie Ryan as my special guest today. She's a psychic, medical, intuitive, and she can sense what medical conditions and illnesses a person has and facilitate energetic healings. She can communicate with spirits, both alive and dead, and she can scan animals, access people's past lives, remove ghosts from homes and buildings, and she can tell how close to death somebody is. Wow. Her book, Angelic Attendance, What Really Happens As We Transition From This Life Into The Next, describes a series of events around angels and multitudes of deceased family and friends, spirits, and diseased, deceased, pardon me, pets, and countless serendipitous and miraculous moments. Her children's books are Angel Messages for Kids and Angel Messages for Dogs, actually. They're picture books that have angels answering kids' tough questions. And each week, Julie scans callers on her show, Ask Julie Ryan. It's a worldwide podcast heard by millions in over 100 countries. She's a businesswoman, inventor, author, podcaster, serial entrepreneur, as you could tell, and her surgical device inventions are sold globally. And she's founded nine companies in five different industries. Julie's psychic and mental intuitive skills are learned. Welcome to Guys Guys Radio, Julie Ryan. Thanks so much. What a delight to be with you. 
Well, I'm so glad you're here. So let's start at the very beginning because it's so provocative, your life. At what age did you realize that you had these gifts and, and how would you describe them? I didn't ever. I learned how to do all of them. I went out to figure out how to learn how to do them. I was given a book about 30 years ago, Robert, by a friend who gave it to me for my birthday. And it was called Anatomy of the Spirit by a, a woman named Carolyn, Carolyn Mace, Mace. Yeah, who sure. called herself calls herself a medical intuitive. And I thought, what the heck is that? Because I'd been in the hospital supply industry for a long time at that point and was very involved in helping people heal, but from the supply side of the equation to help the doctors and the surgeons heal, they help them help their patients heal. And so I read her book and I was fascinated to know more. And back then we didn't have the internet yet. So I went to a bookstore. I went to a Barnes and Noble and I found a book called Hands of Light by a former NASA physicist named Barbara Brennan who had parlayed very complex quantum physics principles into understandable English for the non-scientific mind. And that would be me. And so I read that and she talked about using energy to help facilitate healing. And I wanted to know more. So I called her school and I said, do you guys have anybody in my area teaching this stuff? And lo and behold, they did. And so I studied with a woman for six years, took classes, paid the equivalent of getting an MD or a PhD to do this. Fast forward 30 years, here I am. I teach it to people around the world. We've had students from 10 countries online and we condense it and we do it in, I do it in uh, four Saturdays, couple of hours a Saturday and everybody can do everything that I do. It's not just medical. It's, as you mentioned, talking to deceased loved ones, doing past lives, working with animals, whatever. Because once we connect with spirit, Robert, it, it, there's no reason that you can't do it all. It's all the same thing. It's all energy. And it's a blast. We have so much fun doing this. So I teach the class quarterly. Everybody has the ability. We all come in with intuitive abilities. It's just a matter of developing and enhancing them. Why do you think people are unaware of their abilities and how easy is it for them to unlock these abilities? Well, we all do it now. Naturally, we've all had instances where we'll think of somebody and then they'll call us or we'll get a text from them or an email or run into them. And we'll say, oh my gosh, such a coincidence. I was just thinking of you. Well, there's no coincidence there. That's your intuitive abilities coming in. We were just talking before we started taping and you said that you were led to go, your, your, I think it was, you said your deceased father mm -hmm. was sending a message to you to go to New York and go now, go in February of 2020 before the pandemic really happened, what was happening, nobody knew it yet. Right. And, uh, and so you followed that intuition, you followed that guidance. We all do that. I believe we all have had the ability since the beginning of time. And as we've gotten more well-educated, we've become more proof-based and we want facts and we want proof that this is happening and all of that. And, and I think all of us get gut hits on something gut instincts like i need to i need to do this and if we don't follow what our gut instinct is guys call it a gut feeling it's intuition we don't follow that gut feeling and we go against it normally we re we regret it 
So we all have it coming in. We just discount it or we don't recognize that it's really our intuitive Mm -hmm. guidance at play. What was the most challenging aspect to learning? Uh, Trusting that the information I was getting was valid. And that comes with practice and experience, especially with the medical stuff, because I got to the point where I I am like a human MRI. I can see in my mind's eye, broken bones, torn ligaments, viral infections, bacterial infections, cancer, or whatever. And I would get these visions in my head and I knew enough to know what the body parts were. And then as it's gotten more advanced in the work that I'm doing, I see healings all the time. I watch new organs get generated from stem cell energy that can show up on subsequent scans. And I've had doctors call me throughout the years and say, what are you doing? And how does this stuff work? Because the scan before showed a diseased kidney and he's, that person's coming in the, a month later and their kidney looks great. Or somebody had a kidney removed surgically. And then there's on a subsequent x-ray, there's a new kidney in there. And I'm going, uh, wait a minute. So everything can be healed. And the interesting thing about it too, Robert, is that the the different healings that I see can emulate what I saw in operating rooms for decades when I was in there developing products and testing mm-hmm. prototypes and the like. Sometimes they use methodologies and devices that haven't been invented yet. And, and it, they're really amazing, the healings that I get to see with spirit working through me and with me. And for a long time, when I was first doing this, I was thinking, God, is this just my imagination? I mean, am I hallucinating? What am I doing? And then as validation was coming in that the symptoms would go away or the person would heal, or like I mentioned, something would show up different on a scan. Then you, the person starts to trust it. You know, you mentioned other doctors and, you know, any, anytime there's something new, even with things like Reiki or hypnosis, it's in the medical community and big farm and all that are, you know, they, they pretty much put the clamps on a lot of things that are kind of new, which are really things that are very old. Have you experienced much of that from the medical community? It sounds like you've been embraced. I have been for the most part. I have doctors that send their patients to me when they can't figure out a diagnosis. I had a doctor that I know recently asked me to come speak at a very large medical school with her her new interns and residents this summer to to bring this energy healing thing in there. Reiki is being taught in a lot of nursing schools. Reiki is a really good place to start. It's a very elementary energy healing. What I teach is postdoctoral level. So Reiki is a really good place to start. And I have several physicians and other medical providers that have gone through my class to learn this. I've had nursing professors. I've had a world-renowned geneticist go through my class, several physicians and others in the medical industry. And what's fun is when somebody will go in and they'll be healed from something. And it's not me doing it. It's spirit working through me and with me, certainly, to help the person heal themselves. You know, no doctor, no medical provider, no surgeon, no healer ever heals anybody else. We help the person heal themselves. Mm-hmm. And I, an analogy, I, I speak in analogies a lot, Robert, because it gives our human minds a frame of reference for this woo-woo stuff that we're talking about. And my one of my favorite analogies for this is if you think of a surgeon that has back-to-back surgeries that are the same procedure, both healthy patients, 
both surgeries go perfectly, recovery goes perfectly, one patient heals easily and quickly, the other one doesn't. Why is that? Because one person's spirit wants to explore and experience healing quickly and easily and the other one doesn't. That's the simple answer. And so it's the same with this. The healings that I do, I believe are part of the equation of healing. They're a piece of the puzzle to help people heal. And more and more doctors are understanding that and they're proof-based. My, my 12 phases of transition is what I call when somebody's dying, how angels and deceased loved ones, spirits and the spirits of deceased pets are there to welcome us as we're dying. That 12 phases of transition that I see with everybody that's dying, university-based research corroborates all of it. There was a study done in Buffalo, New York by a hospice director named Chris Kerr who is an MD and a PhD, and he studied 1,400 patients that talked about, close to 90% of whom talked about seeing deceased loved ones and deceased pet spirits either in dreams or in visions at the end of their lives. So I love it when science catches up with woo-woo, and that's what I see happening. I think more and more people are becoming open to it. And the doctors that have a tough time with it are, are not people that are gonna work with me, but certainly I'm happy to talk with them. And when I nail something that there's no way I could have known, like this world-renowned geneticist who took my class, I did a scan on him and he came up with stuff. There's no way I would have known. I didn't know him. All right, Julie Ryan, my special guest, medical intuitive and the psychic. How do you kind of parse between the difference between your psychic skills and the medical intuitive skills? All one and the same. Okay. All one in the same, connecting in with spirit. So it's my spirit connects with the person's spirit that I'm scanning. I never scan anybody without their permission. If you want me to scan your wife or another family member or a friend, I'll ask their permission telepathically. Mm-hmm. And if I don't get it, I won't scan them. I can, but I won't because I believe it's a violation right. of their privacy. Mm-hmm. Now I'll talk to their spirit. And I don't have a problem with that from an ethical standpoint, because it's kind of like if you had pneumonia and you and I were having a conversation, we, you would tell me what you wanted me to know about how you were feeling, but I wasn't looking at your x-ray without your permission. Mm-hmm. That's how I equate those two things. Is this uh, something that you can turn on or on and off as you choose? Or like, for instance, you go to the supermarket, somebody's online in front of you, they're like, maybe I'll scan them, I'll ask their higher selves. And you take a look and you're like, oh, they've got a problem there with his kidneys or something. Is that how it works with you in your day-to-day life? Just curious. Yeah, I turn it on and off at will. I don't walk around scanning people. I don't walk around with dead people chasing me (laughs) or talking to dead people, let alone, you know, what I would have done if I had that that information. So yes, no, I absolutely turn it on and off at will. And I... uh, I live a normal life. I'm a mom. I'm a wife. I'm a grandmother. I'm a great grandmother. I, you know, I do the laundry and cook dinner and make my bed and just regular stuff. So yeah. Let's, and this let's... is this is a fun side, you know, side skill set that I've developed that I've learned. And so yeah, it's it's a blast. And I get to meet people from all over the world, mm-hmm. which is fun. And it's just it's terrific. All right, let's talk a little bit. You mentioned death before and transitioning, and you you talk about the 12 phases of transition and people going through kind of similar experiences, uh, universal experiences of of dying. Could you talk to us a little bit more about that? Sure. 
Sure. What happens is when we're dying, our spirit exits through the top of our head. You hear about not near death experiences where people are, are uh, feeling like they're going through a tunnel. And that's what I perceive. And the spirit hangs on to the top of the head, Robert, and it looks like a cartoon caption when that where you'd see where the words or the thoughts of the cartoon character would be. Mm-hmm. And then what happens is the person's closest deceased maternal relative comes in and they are the one that runs the show from the spirit world. And then a paternal spirit comes in either, either our father, if we're dying or our maternal grandfather. And if he's still alive, then our maternal great grandfather. And, uh, and then the maternal spirit, the mother or the grandmother spirit is the one who calls in the angels, calls in the deceased loved ones, calls in the deceased pets. It's really a, an amazing series of events that takes place where these angels come in there. They surround the person in a circle who's dying as the person gets closer to death. They open up into a horseshoe, eventually into a straight line at the foot of the bed Everybody goes through 12 phases of transition, Robert, whether they're, they die in a situation where it's an instant death, like a homicide or a suicide, or whether they die and it's prolonged over days, weeks, months, even years. Everybody goes through the 12 phases of transition. The important thing to remember is that time doesn't exist in the spirit world. Time is a human creation. So somebody that's dying instantly or dying over long periods of time, it's the same thing in the spirit world. So everything's happening at the same time. Mm-hmm. So you're then conceivably your children could be on the other side greeting you, even if you, but they're alive now. Is that, does that make sense? What my experience has been is that it's the deceased loved ones. Okay. Deceased. People's, is that to make spirits. it easier for people because uh, we're, we're used to the linear timelines? Well, yeah, not only that, but the but the people who are still alive, their spirits are attached to their body. What I see are spirits who's who are in pure non-physical, mm-hmm. whereas our children that are still alive or other loved ones who are still alive, their spirits are still attached to their bodies. So one of the most fascinating things that you do is you can uh, tell people kind of when their kind of due date is up. So I'm wondering, is this something people want to know? And is there anything that people can do to shift their timeline? Actually, I don't tell them when they're going to die. I can see how close to death they are based on what phase of transition they're in. But I think it's important to remember, Robert, that we all decide when we go, where we go, who's with us, when we go, and what the circumstances are that surround our departure or our transition. And everybody is in control, even somebody who's shot and they die because they're shot through the heart or whatever instantly. That person who's shot, the victim, decides if they're going to go from that gunshot or not. And they decide where they're going to go and how they're going to go and all of that. It's been my experience also that we don't have a set date. There are some schools of thought that you have uh, kind of predetermined dates of when you're going to go. And I don't find that to be the case. There are lots of instances that I've experienced and also that are just well known with celebrities or other people that we hear about in the news where I, one of my favorite 
examples is Debbie Reynolds. When her daughter Carrie Fisher died, they were so close. She died perhaps on a Friday and Debbie died the next day on Saturday and there wasn't anything wrong with Debbie. They were just so close. She didn't want to live without her daughter being alive. There are many instances where you'll hear of people that were married for 70 years and one of the spouse goes and the other spouse goes within a matter of a few days or a week and we'll say, well, he died of a broken heart. Well, okay. I mean, there are just endless instances of that. So no, but the important thing to remember, especially coming out of the pandemic, for all the people who've lost a loved one and they weren't able to be with them, I think it's really important to mention that nobody dies alone. We're all surrounded by angels and deceased loved ones and the spirits of deceased pets. And it's glorious. It's a glorious component to what is normally a heart-wrenching situation. So is life as we know it a a fluid experience or are we locked into agreements, karmic debt created prior to our current incarnations? And can we change those? Great question. We are not locked into anything. We are here to create and we create out of the contrast that is our life. So when we see something that is less than optimal, we create what it is we want. We all decide also when we go, but we all decide when we are born, to whom we're born, the circumstances into which we're born, so our lives can have a basic trajectory, which will allow our spirit to explore whatever it is we're coming in to explore. And so, yeah, it's really fascinating how this whole karma thing, you know, if you don't Mm -hmm. get it right in this life, you've got to come back and get it right in another life. I don't believe that. My take on that, Robert, is we come in with a script of something we want to explore, and we'll explore that script perhaps through multiple lifetimes, different timeline, different gender, maybe certainly different location, different set of circumstances, same basic script. And then each time we explore it, we expand out from that. Our spirit explores and expands. And an analogy I like to use for that is think of Shakespeare's Hamlet. How many times has Hamlet been performed? I don't know if we could even count because people perform it in their homes or in their neighborhoods or whatever. But you think about, I think Shakespeare's been dead about 600 years. Think about all the times that play's been performed since he wrote it. Think about where, what was the timeline? What was happening in the world at the time? Who were the actors? Who was the director? Who were the customers? Who was the set designer? Same script, different perspective, different interpretation. And that's how I see our lifetimes. We all live thousands of lifetimes and that's how I perceive it. Okay, Julie Ryan, medical intuitive and psychic, my special guest on Guys Guys Radio. How do you communicate with the deceased, Julie? I ask them a question and they're going to respond that fast, as fast as you can snap your fingers. And it's going to come in like a thought in our head and how you know that it's them. It's instant. It's an instant reply. Ask a question, make a statement. When we think about it for more than a couple of seconds, that's our brain talking to us. Our heads are big satellite dishes, Robert, and they receive and they transmit frequencies. So in order to get in touch with somebody who's deceased or alive, it doesn't matter. We're connecting with their spirit because our spirit keeps the same frequency throughout all of our lifetimes. All you have to do to connect with somebody is just think of them. So for instance, you mentioned your dad's deceased. 
you want to talk, you know, you think of your dad, your dad immediately comes in. If you're doing something random, like driving down the street, thinking about the grocery list in your pocket or something, and your dad comes into your head, that's your dad letting you know he's with you. And you can do that with anybody. It doesn't have to be just with somebody that you knew when they were alive. You want to talk to Napoleon or Mother Teresa or Aristotle or whomever, it doesn't matter. You just think of them and then you can communicate with them. It's really that simple. You know, it's interesting. I recently interviewed Anita Morjani, who has a famous book on near-death experience. And right. uh, we were having some hiccups in terms of getting things scheduled, but I just decided I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna let it go. And I actually asked, I asked Wayne Dyer to help me out because yeah. uh, he was a big proponent of her work. And sure enough, we had, did our interview and it came together and it was fantastic. So yeah. I'm, I'm all with you on that. What can you tell us about past lives and their significance in our current lives? Past lives are really fun, Robert, because oftentimes we can get information that we can corroborate with historic data or census data or whatever online. So how it can affect our current life is, again, back to that script that we'll run through multiple lifetimes to look at different perspectives. For instance, let's say you were a painter in a past life and you wanted to paint in oils and you did that. And then you, you were reincarnated into another life and you wanted to paint in oils again, but it was a different time, different topic, different materials that you could use, things like that. And then maybe you wanted to be involved in painting, but you were a broker or you were a paint maker or you were a whatever. It's all basically the same script. It's just looking at it from different angles if you will. So past lives, I have a couple of stories, I think that can Please. illustrate Please. how it works really well. My, one of my favorite ones is about a gal who lived in London, Italian gal, born and raised in Italy. She, she was living in London and uh, she, and I did a consult and she said, I always choose the wrong men. She said, they're not available. They're either married or they're in another relationship or they don't want to commit or whatever. And she said, why is that? Do I have a past life that's facilitating that? What's going on with that? So we did a past life scan and I'll explain what that is in a second. Well, what we found out was she was a geisha in the late 1800s in Kyoto, Japan. Well, geishas are taken care of by a sponsor who's normally married with a family and can't commit because they're already married to somebody else. So when I, I said, well, you were a geisha in Kyoto, Japan. And I gave her the year and she said, she gasped. And I thought, oh Lord, <laughs> well, you know, what's that all about? And she said, I worked for ANA Airlines and my training was in Kyoto, Japan. And she said, when I got there, it felt so familiar. And she said, matter of fact, the first day I was there, I was in the cafeteria with all these Japanese girls and she said, ANA is all Nippon Airlines, so it's the Japanese airline. And she said, I had never held chopsticks, let alone ever used them. And she said, I knew how to use them better than the girls that had grown up using them. And they were all saying, what's up with that? But this is little Italian girl, you know, using chopsticks better than we can. So what we got was not only did it make sense why Kyoto resonated so much with her because she lived there in a past life. She said when she went places, they were familiar. She said it was like the whole trip was deja vu. She knew places. She knew how to get to places that she shouldn't have known. 
And then it made sense to her why she wasn't able to choose a man in this lifetime that was available. And just by knowing that, creating from the contrast, she created a relationship now and she's engaged to be married. So So it it sounds like people need to put themselves in a position of, you know, people talk about manifesting all the time and they're always trying, they do the protocols and feel like it's already happening and all that. But I always wonder if people, for some reason, I think that people have a problem receiving and uh, uh, allowing, if you will, and that really gets in the way. Uh, If you agree, do you agree or disagree? And if you agree, what can people do to make themselves more available to allow things to happen, to be able to tap into the power that they have and live kind of inside out, you know, the universal energy, be able to work with that instead of, instead of the old man in the sky with a beard, know that spirit is within and work inside out and know that everything there is available for us. How can people kind of get started in, in, in living a different way? You know what I mean? I think that's a really good point. First of all, you have to take action. People say, well, yeah, I'm manifesting this. I'll say, what are you doing? Well, I, you know, I'm thinking about it every day. And I'll say, yeah, well, you know, you want to meet the man of your dreams or the woman of your dreams. You need to take action. Get on a dating site, go out and be amongst the people. Let people know that you want a relationship because somebody's grandma may know somebody who has a grandchild that they can introduce you to or whatever. So that's the first thing, take action and then give up how it's going to happen. Because when we try and control how something's going to happen, not only does it restrict how things can unfold, but we're trying to control something out of fear. And when we're in fear, we're out of alignment with our spirit. And so I came up with a technique. May I share it with you of how to get back in alignment? I call it it the two-minute rule. And you're going to love it because it's free and it's convenient. It works anywhere your brain is. And your brain's usually (laughs) with you wherever you are. So here's how it works. Again, our heads are satellite dishes. They receive and they transmit frequencies. Every spirit has a frequency. Every thought has a frequency. Thoughts originate in the ethers and we pull them in based on what we're thinking. And granted, we're all hardwired for fear. We're waiting for the saber-toothed tiger to come around the corner and eat us for lunch, although he's been dead for millions of years, right? So what we want to do is when we have a thought that comes in, we want to pay attention to how it feels. Emotion is an internal GPS system that we have. If a thought that we're thinking feels neutral or good, we're in alignment with our spirit. If a thought feels bad, bad can be boredom, jealousy, anger, fear, whatever, fatigue, whatever. We want to be able to to discern between is this a rational fear or is this an irrational fear? So here's how you do it. When you're feeling, feeling badly and you're having a thought that feels badly, you ask yourself, is this going to kill me in the next two minutes? <laughs> I got the two minute rule. <laughs> if it is... Get out of the street before the bus runs you over. (laughs) If it's not, I love it. Then you know it's false because it's based in a limiting belief, which is false, which is based in an irrational fear, which is false. And as soon as you go to curiosity and you ask, is this going to kill me in the next two minutes? It breaks that connection of those thoughts coming in on that frequency, raises your vibration because curiosity is based in love curiosity, you want to know more. It's fun. It's interesting. And so then you ask, how is this benefiting me? Well, it's benefiting you because it's pointing out a limiting belief that's fake. 
causing an irrational fear that's fake. And you can use it a million times a day. I love it. It's free. It's convenient. The two minute rule. So when we find ourselves feeling like, okay, I'm manifesting this. I'm, I'm doing everything I'm supposed to do. I'm standing on my left foot and raising my right hand and drawing circles in the sky or whatever, but it's not happening. It's not happening. It's not happening. And it feels bad. You know, you're out of alignment with your spirit. Spirit doesn't communicate on the, I feel crappy channels. You got to get back into alignment to have inspiration come in and inspiration is going to come in like a thought. Hmm, maybe I'll look at this website. Maybe I'll go to this event. Maybe I'll talk to this person, whatever. And you take it a step at a time. Okay. Julie Ryan, amazing stuff. Um, she's my guest on Guys Guys Radio, she's medical, intuitive, and psychic. Time for some fun, Julie. We talked okay. about this prior to the show and I figured let's just do it. So Feel free to scan me. And I asked my keeper of the threshold to work with me on this. And he said, yeah, do it. And what do I need to know right now? Well, do you have any symptoms that you want me to check? I had an appendectomy emergency in, in October. And it, okay. uh, they just got it in time. And then I had, uh, they said, you know, you really were at the point of uh, heavy infection, almost kind of getting the best of you. So we had to spend a lot of time cleaning you out and I had heavy duty uh, antibiotics and I felt mm -hmm. fine. Since then I bounced back, I'm a pretty healthy, strong guy, but I've, I've noticed that, right? And I'm pointing uh, for those listening, a upper part of my abdomen that I don't know if they stretch to fascia or it's just, it's not, a, it, it's still a little bit tender. And it's like, because they pump you up with air and everything. And I'm wondering if that's just naturally gonna go back. Is there anything I need to be concerned about? Can you heal it? Are you having heartburn or reflux? No. And so you don't feel it when you eat something that you no, get bloated not, or anything? Not at okay, all. It's no. just it's just puffed out now. Yeah. Okay. So what I'm going to do, Robert, is I'm going to raise my vibrational level to the level of spirit. I'm going to close my eyes. I'm going to watch a laser beam come from my body here in Birmingham, Alabama. It's going to hook into you in San Diego. And then I'll have a hologram of you in my mind's eye. Okay. And then I'm going to envision shooting energy from your feet up through the top of your head. And then we'll take it from there. Something will be identified. There'll be some kind of energetic healing that will happen right after that. And so Let's look at that. So here we go. Here comes my laser beam from, I always say from sweet home, Alabama, <laughs> heading to you in, in California, but I think it's Arizona. Is that the song? I'm putting the wrong words to the song. <laughs> yeah, sure. Got you. Okay. I'm going in. I've got you on my radar. I'm going in, throwing, shooting energy from your feet up through the top of your head. I'm in the, I'm in your esophagus basically is what I'm doing. And you've got, it looks like the lining of your esophagus is healing. Looks as if, how can I explain this? My, my visuals sometimes are really hilarious because they're just coming into my head and it's, sure. and I, I'm going to tell you what I'm seeing in my mind's eye and come up with an analogy, because if you can envision it, it's going to help integrate the healing into your body. If you had a tube your esophagus, and you had a sleeve inside of it, a plastic sleeve, mm -hmm. and there was a hole in that plastic sleeve, and there was air, like in a double pane glass window, air was getting in there. That's what I'm seeing. Okay. I'm not seeing a hiatal hernia. I'm seeing something similar to that that hasn't developed into one yet. 
when you have a hiatal hernia, you'll feel it. You'll get heartburn. You'll get pain mm -hmm. in your chest. Some people think they're having a heart attack and they're not. It's a hiatal hernia. So what I'm doing is I've condensed the air, kind of like if you put something in a Ziploc bag and then you push down on it to get the all, all the air out before you seal it. I'm pushing it between the two layers. As I'm looking at you from the front, it's on your left, my right, about halfway down your esophagus. What happened there, my guess is you had a hiatal hernia when you had the surgery that's still healing. If you said you had heartburn before the surgery. Yes, yes. Yeah. Often. That's usually that's usually from a hiatal hernia. Okay. So I'm using stem cell energy, Robert, to heal it. Stem cell energy is the coolest stuff because it'll regenerate any body part we need. That's what I was talking about earlier with the kidneys and livers and whatever uh, body part that we need. So I've got stem cell energy. Stem cell energy looks like a light amber colored gel. It has sparkles in it because it's woo-woo. Got to have sparkles in some of this stuff, you know, <laughs> to make it fun. And it has a watery consistency to it. My guess is your wife probably will remember a hair gel called Dippity Doo from the sure. 60s and 70s. I remember it. Too. It reminds me of Dippity Doo. Is that hilarious? And so there's a vortex that's spinning above your chest now, and it looks like a funnel cloud, like a tornado that's spinning. And that centrifugal force is that motion is what transforms the stem cell energy into new body parts. And if you think about it, every cell, has a nucleus. Every nucleus is surrounded by cytoplasm. Cytoplasm is a watery gel like dippity doo. And our bodies act as mini nuclear reactors, Robert. And they, we have a centrifugal force that spins inside of our bodies. And that's what helps our cells divide and, and replicate. So I'm watching in warp speed happen what our bodies do all day long to the tune of hundreds of thousands of new cells, if not more every day. So I'm doing that. And then I'm shooting energy from your feet up through the top of your head again. So I believe this was a hiatal hernia that's still healing and the sore part of it is gone, but it's not completely healed yet. And that's what you're feeling. I think you're a thousand percent correct because the doctor mentioned to me the possibility of that after the mm -hmm. surgery. And um, I was like, what? And then I started thinking about it and I'm like, well, maybe that's it. But I didn't want to mention it to you because I figured, well, let's see, let's see what happens. So Right on, yeah. Julie. Thank yeah. you. How yeah. long will it take then? How, how, what's you know ballpark expectations in terms of completely you know back to normal? Because sometimes they say you know the hernia you'll, they'll never get better, and I don't believe that. No, 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 no. Yeah, I don't believe it either because everything can be healed. the The other thing that I want to check real fast is I want to. I was checking for scar tissue in that area, and scar tissue, Robert, looks like that fake spider web stuff that you see at Halloween that you can get in the dollar sure. store, you know, yeah. that you can mm -hmm. use to decorate. And I don't see it there. I do see some where your operative site was. So I'm cutting it out with a pair of energetic scissors. It reminds me of when a basketball team wins the championship and they cut the net down mm -hmm. off of the hoop. That's what it kind of looks like because Scar tissue just kind of looks like spider web. It's these strands and it can affect movement. When will you heal? Uh, let's see if what we can get as far as you, what you can do to help. I agree, don't drink because fermentation is going to mess up your gut at this point. Stay low on the food chain. 
if God made it, eat it. If man made it in a factory, mm -hmm. do your best to avoid it. You're probably doing that already. Yes. Focus on your immune system. I'm getting D3 is very important for you to be taking that. Do you take it now? Uh, yes. D3, eight to 10,000 IUs. Okay. Day. Ramp it up as far as the amount. C is good. Take the ester C because it's buffered. I would take a thousand milligrams a day of that 50 of zinc. And I, you're on the mend. I don't think it'll be that much longer. These healings will integrate into the person's body. That can happen instantly. It can take days, weeks, months. It may need some kind of complementary care, like change in diet, okay. you know, change in whatever. But yeah, you're Fantastic. healing. You, you look good for the most part. Thank you. And thank you very much for that. I'm super appreciative. Julie Ryan, the amazing one, psychic me medical intuitive. Let me ask you one more question about myself, if I may. My work, been at it doing this for a while. I feel very good about it. Want to take it to the next level. Want to serve more. Want to reach more people. What do you see? Well, what does that encompass? Do you want to continue with the podcasting? Do you want to branch out? Do you want to what do you want to do? Well, however, you know, I would love to have a television show. I would love go. to, uh, you know, have more books out. I would love to be able to, uh, you know, speaking engagements, just continue the work I'm doing. I love doing the radio show and the podcast. I, I like to keep that, but a bigger platform. Yeah. Create it one step at a time. Focus on what it is you want. What do you want? Expect the people to show up when you need them and they will. And so you can take this as far as you want it. Fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. The one thing I'm getting is for you to be a guest on other people's shows. Okay. And that will really help spread the word as well. So let's, why don't you come on my show? I would let's love do, to. Let's do that first. And, uh, and then we can do that. But, but to be on other people's shows, because that, that's mm -hmm. going to get your name and your message out. And, and people are always, my show's a call-in show. So what I'll do is I'll have you on for the first 10 minutes or so just to talk about you and your work and how people can find you. But most shows are like this. It's an interview type show. Right. So you want to get on shows and we can talk about that offline as far as how is a good way to do that. But that's okay. that's the, the big thing that came in for me is to is for you to market yourself through other people's shows. Great. Okay. So uh, Julie Ryan, medical intuitive and psychic, tell everybody uh, what they need to know out there about your work, how they can find you. I know you had a promotion you want to talk about. Take I do. I'm, I'm happy to send a free copy of my book, a digital and an audio book version of my book, Angelic Attendance, what really happens as we transition from this life into the next. And also my children's books, are angel messages for dogs and angel messages for kids. So all you have to do is just go to askjulieryan.com and go to the Ask Julie button and just say, hey, I heard you on Robert's show or I heard you on Guy's Guy Radio and I would love a copy of your book and we will send you a link to download the digital and the audiobook versions. Also, my class, all the information on my class and my show and private consults and, and uh, everything else you want to know about me is at AskJulieRyan.com. All my social media is at AskJulieRyan as well. Fantastic. Facebook, Facebook Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. You can download you. download you my show. <laughs> yeah, down, download my show anywhere you get podcasts. We, we do a video of it as well. 
and that's released on uh, okay. uh, Dropbox, not Dropbox, on uh, YouTube. Got it. And so, yeah, so AskJulieRyan.com. All right. Well, thank you very much, Julie Ryan, for being my special guest on Guys Guys Radio. I hope we can do it again. And um, thank you. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. There's never been a better time for men to be whoever they want to be. Yet it's never been less clear who men really are. Guys Guy Radio, starring author Robert Manny, is on KCAA every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Whether it's relationships, sex, wellness, or spirituality, join Robert as he interviews the experts about how men and women can be at their best. Guys Guy Radio, better men, better world. It's Guys Guy Radio. Okay, what an amazing interview with an amazing person. Julie Ryan, psychic, medical intuitive, inventor, entrepreneur, author, just an amazing all-around person. And I thank Julie for being on the show and for doing some work with me to help me heal myself. And she did it remotely. She did it right here on the air, as you've heard. And it was pre-recorded, that interview. And I got to tell you, I'm feeling really good. Who knows? Is it psychosomatic? Is my body healing itself? Did I tell it to heal myself? Did I convince myself that I'm healing? Was it what Julie did with stem cells, sending me them remotely? You know, how, how am I supposed to exactly know for sure? All I know is I'm feeling good and I'm feeling better than I was before she started working on me. And I got to tell you, while she was working on me, I actually could feel it. So Julie Ryan, special guest here on Guys Guys Radio. I hope she'll be back. I am going to be uh, guesting on her call-in show. Uh, ask Julie Ryan, and it's going to be on Thursday, June 17th at, let's see what time, 5 to 7 p.m. Pacific time, 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern time, and you can call in, and the number to call in, 712-775-7035, I'm going to be on at the top of the show, so I think it's going to be a good one, and hopefully it's just the next step in a working relationship between Julie and myself. So I really enjoyed having her on the show. And what was the learning? I think the learning, as I've said many times, is that you need to be open-minded about healing and not get angry with yourself or the situations that uh, occur. I know a lot of people when they get diseases, and I had two uh, robotic surgeries back in 2014 when uh, doctors found uh, a small growth on each one of my kidneys. I had to get them taken out. I thanked the growths, and I asked them to leave. The surgeries were very successful. I didn't have to have any further procedures from there, just some checkups, and I'm incredibly appreciative and grateful. And I really believe that uh, using your loving, heartfelt feelings towards whatever disease it is to ask it to leave your body and tell it that you've learned something from it and think about what you're learning from the disease and the situation and then asking it to leave is a, is a path worth considering. That's just me. Do it the way you want. We all run into these health issues now and then and life is a series of pivotal moments. So many times it's important how we handle this type of situation. That's how I handled my situation. Again, do it your way. So Guys Guys Radio, we're here every Wednesday evening at 8 p.m. Pacific time on KCAA Radio here in sunny Southern California. 
106.5 FM, 10.50 AM at 8 PM Pacific Time. The show rebroadcasts on KCAA every Sunday at 6 PM Pacific Time. My worldwide podcast and YouTube drop every Thursday. Guys Guys Radio, Guys Guys TV. My website, Robert Manny, M-A-N-N-I.com. We've got over 300 blog posts, as well as the uh, three free chapters of my novel, The Guy's Guy's Guide to Love, about two guys in advertising, competing for love, sex, power, and money. It's been called The Male Successor to Sex in the City. And I really wrote this book about my concern that there was a communication chasm that I noticed between men and women. And you know what? Since I've wrote the book and published the book, had the book published, rather, um, I think there's a canyon now between men and women in terms of uh, communication. And I think it's something that we need to address as a culture and society uh, because men and women have got to get together and love each other and just be more open-minded. And You know, when, when you have a relationship between a man and a woman, it creates a very special universe. And these two people can enjoy and understand, and it's just for them. And I think we need to look for the love. And the way you look for the love is... You look inside and you love yourself and then you can be available to love other people and then you got to make room in your heart for somebody else to come in. I'm not saying it's that simple, but for me, that's what I did and it worked out fine. In fact, we're going out to celebrate our 11th anniversary this uh, Friday. We had to kind of skip over the 10th anniversary because of COVID, but we're going to go out. We're going to go out for a nice dinner, stay at a nice hotel and... uh, really reconnect because for everyone, as we know, we've had a tough year and a half and uh, things are opening up and that's a good thing. So Guys Guys Radio, I'm here for you every week. Thank you so much for your support. I've got a lot of great guests. I'm booked right through the summer. I think we're going to have a blast together and we're going to learn a lot of new stuff together. So Guys Guys Radio, I'm going to see you next week. And as I always like to say, Guys Guys, finish first. <laughs>